the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. I'm Brian Wayne and I'm 11 years old. Thank you so much for tuning to the Hi Kids show. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. So coming up on Hi Kids today, I'm going to be speaking to Robin Muller. She is the animal coordinator at Laurie Park Zoo. What is an animal coordinator? Just stay tuned to 101.9 Chai FM and we'll find out more. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019 and please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. So get ready for a very interesting show on Chai Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Oena and I'm 11 years old. Good afternoon, Robin. Good afternoon. Okay, so we're going to jump into the questions. What is Laurie Park? <gasps> Laurie Park Zoo is an amazing place in the middle of Midrand, halfway between Pretoria and Joburg. It's a little oasis. It's a zoo. It's a sanctuary. It is gorgeous. Great, that sounds like an amazing zoo. Is there a specific reason why it's called Laurie Park? Indeed, yes. It's named after the lorikeets. Now, lorikeets are little birds from Australia. And Eddie van Eck, the owner, loves birds. And he loves the lorikeets. So he named his little zoo after them, Laurie Park Zoo. Wow, that's a great way to find a name for a zoo. Do you have different types of activities and educational programs at Laurie Park? Indeed we do. We do strongly believe in conservation and we strongly believe that we need to educate people. So absolutely, kids out there, if you want to, we've got something called the Ranger Program. If you think about becoming a zookeeper, come and join me at the zoo. We've got such fun stuff. We make toys for the animals, we get involved, and it's a holiday program. On top of that, during the school days, we've got kids coming to the uh, the zoo, schools, they do tours, they meet animals. We've got snakes, we've got tigers, we've got lions, and the kids have fun with me at the zoo. Wow, this sounds so far, it sounds like an amazing zoo. And can I just ask, what is conservation? Well, conservation is a really big word, and it encapsulates a lot of things. You know how our planet is currently under stress with all the various problems that we're throwing at it? We need to learn to conserve our planet. So if you shrink it down into a small area, we need to conserve the animals on Earth. And if we don't, they become extinct. So conservation is all about protecting wildlife. I think that's very important. Is there a place to have a picnic or lunch? Yes, there is. We've got a tea garden, and they make the best hot dogs ever. Mm-hmm. I like seriously like those. So, yes, we've got a tea garden. We've got various patches of lawn where people spread, spread out their picnics. Otherwise, we've got little larpers scattered around the place. So between the lions, for example, you can hear the lions roar while you have a picnic. It's awesome. Do they, like, get, like since they can smell the meat, do they, like, do, what do they do? <laughs> I never thought about that, but I don't think so. We, we feed our animals really well, and uh, we also provide them enrichment, so they have nice fitness regime too. So okay, that's That was a good question. Good. I like that one. I'm going to go back to the zoo and have a look-see and see what the lions do when people are having a picnic. <laughs> 
because uh, you don't want people's hot dogs getting stolen, <laughs> especially if they're delicious. Indeed, yes. Uh, how much time is suggested to spend at the zoo when a family comes for an outing? Well, gosh, that's difficult. But I would estimate maybe two to three hours. And depending on when you're there, you might actually see the lions and the tigers being fed. Whoa. That is way fun. Oh, my gosh, that really does sound fun. What is the most challenging part about your job? Uh, to tell you the truth, it's going home. Leaving the animals is just like the worst thing ever. Wow. So for this job, you really have to love animals. Oh, well. indeed, yes. And what part of your job do you enjoy most? Coming to work. <laughs> it really is. Other than just working with the animals at the zoo, you know, everybody's got a name as well. We've got Daniel the White Lion, <laughs> and we've got we've got Rex the the Cockatoo, we've got Rocky the Rock Monitor. It's it's just so superb working there. So like some people think like, oh my gosh, another day of work. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not this the zoo. Job, I don't think so. <laughs> Do you need to study anything? Anything to work at the zoo? Well, it is very good to have some kind of science background because science. Well, I what know. Science? What science? Science is is also such a fantastic thing. We've all got science. I'm talking into a microphone right now. You guys on the other side are listening to it through a radio or a car or something else. You're in a vehicle. That is all science, people. So science is part of what we do every day. So why so, would you need science? Why would you need science? Biology. Oh. You need science to understand biology. You need science to understand technology. You know, we need to understand what our animals are doing. So we record them. We do research on them. So you have cameras inside their cages. Yes, some of them. Oh, some of the units and exhibits. Yeah, cool. we need to know what's going on. That's actually really cool. Can you explain what... Um, do you work with other zoos or animal rehab centers in the country? We do indeed. We need to because we're not isolated. We're not alone. There are lots of people doing similar or the same work. So indeed we do. We work with Pretoria Zoo, which is the national zoo, Joburg Zoo. Oh, Mabula, Mabula is awesome. Have you heard about the Grand Hornbill Working Project? No. So we're a part no. of them. So we do a lot of rehab work with other facilities. Wow. So you part like how does that actually work because don't then how do you make what money if you're working with them that's a good question actually but working with animals is definitely not something uh, it's not uh, only about money and sometimes it's definitely not about money it's all like you asked the question what is conservation we believe strongly that if we don't conserve our animals oh boy it's going to go south very quickly so we work very closely with other facilities that have the similar animals or the same species and then we work with them closely to see if we can get those animals back into the wild. Okay, so you don't just keep them. You no. Always. Yeah, there are some animals that unfortunately we do. Um, say, for example, the tigers. They're not indigenous to Africa. And we can't just pop them into Krug National Park. That would just look so funny. How do you get them? Well, there are a variety of ways. We've got uh, linkages with other zoos in the country. And uh, if we need to assist them or if we would like to display an animal for educational purposes because people need to learn about tigers because they are very rare and they are so spectacular. We've got a tiger by the name of Kimberly and she is a Siberian tiger. You must come and meet her. She talks to you when you go and approach her. She goes, she's so sweet. Oh, that sounds really cute. What do you think is special or unique or different about Laurie Park than other zoos? 
I've had the privilege of visiting San Diego Zoo, London Zoo. I've worked wow. at Pretoria Zoo and Joburg Zoo. I think Lori Park Zoo, what makes it unique is it's small. It is, it is so, there's so many passionate people in that zoo. The owners, they have got so much love and everything, every detail is just extraordinary. And the animals, oh my golly, spectacular. Wow. They do sound very beautiful and cute and all those things. You're going to come visit, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. Good. You might. Like a special time. Please do. What do you do if animals or birds, birds ex- escape from the zoo? Well, first off, we get very upset. Secondly, we ensure that we have the right tools, the right equipment, and the staff need to be trained appropriately. So say, for example, if it's a parrot, that's a problem. It's going to fly. So we need nets. We need to be able to identify where it's going. If it's a big and scary, there are also ways of means of organizing things. But we haven't had escapes at the zoo that are scary, scary, scary. But when it does, we make sure that the public are safe. We make sure that the animals are safe. And we make sure that the staff are trained to attend the situation. So let's say like a bird escapes. Would you trip their neck, uh, their wings, or like... Would you, um, like, how would you, like, catch them since they're flying? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Again, depending on the species and uh, where they are. So if it's a ground hornbill, we would like to not clip their wings. Um, we try not to clip wings at all. If we need to, we'll just uh, trim the feathers so that they can't fly far. But many birds in captivity, including people that have pets at home, when they have birds in, a, in an exhibit or a cage, they're very unfit. So they don't fly very far because they're not used to flying. So it's a bit like us climbing upstairs and we're not used to it. It's very the same for, with birds. If they're not used to flying, they don't go very far. And let's say like an, a lion escapes. How would you make sure that the um, the community or like everybody's safe? That's a very good question. We have very strict protocol at the zoo. We've got people who work with the animals directly and only those people can work with them. Not even me. I can't even have a set of keys to go and engage with the lions. So it's absolutely critical that there is absolute control. When the animals are worked with, there is somebody who's called over the radio to please come do a double check. We make sure that when they get fed, there's always two people there. There's double locks. So there's a lot of things that are put into place to look after our animals and to look after the community, but above all, the visitors and the public. But we do love our animals very much, so we put lots of things in place to ensure that it's safe. Wow. Has anything, like, scary happened, if, like, with somebody being in the cage with a lion or a tiger? No, not at all. No, oh, we're very goodness. strict with regard to understanding. If we, if Animals sometimes don't realize that they're strong, and they don't realize that they can bite, so they'll almost love you to, you know, like, ah! We've got a cockatoo. His name is Rex. You must come and meet him. He's such a sweetheart, but he's noisy. Oh, my soul. I think my ears are in more danger of the cockatoo than I am of the lion. (laughs) Do you have any interests or stories of how the animals have come to the zoo? Yes, there are a few few sweet stories. Um, We've got a a bird by the name of Boo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a lovely name, isn't it? And Boo's a darling. Boo was belonged to an elderly couple. For many, many years, Boo was very happy. But Boo, unfortunately, his parents died and moved on. And so Boo was donated to the zoo. And Boo is an African grey. And he goes, Boo, Boo, 
that why he's Ice cold spoon. And now he's in our big, big aviary with spoonbills and other African greys and daycare and squirrels. And he's so happy. He's got a friend by the name of Amber, also an African grey. So that's a, that's you, an example of a story. How do you know, like, if they're friends or not? Well, they sit together all the time. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, it's terribly. We've also got another African grey by the name of Gandalf. <laughs> you must meet him too. He's also fun. So we've got many stories, but uh, that's that's one of my favourites. Is Boo coming to town, going boo, boo, boo. <laughs> so let's so let's take a quick sun break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Wena and I'm 11 years old. I have Robin Moller in studio with me. So if you have any questions for her, you can send an SMS to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019 or you can call on 010-140-3020. So let's carry on with the questions, Robin. All right. What is the most recent animal that has arrived in the zoo? Oh, wow. Um, it's a primate. It comes from Madagascar. Can you guess? It is a lemur. We have two beautiful black and white roughed lemurs. Wow. They really are spectacular. They almost look like panda bears, fuzzy things, but they're small and they're light. And uh, they were donated to us by Nina. And they're absolutely beautiful. They really are spectacular. So how did you get them here? Well, um, we've got this lovely lady by the name of Nina. She hand-reared them, and unfortunately she's leaving the country. So she's donated them to Laurie Park Zoo. Wow, that's amazing. Is there a specific reason why the animal was sent to the zoo? Um... Well, uh, Nina really thought that Laurie Park Zoo was one of the better zoos, and she was very happy with the conditions, the exhibit, the husbandry, the diet, the nutrition, the vet care. We've got a clinic, we've got a hospital, we've got vets on board, and she's been working with us for the past, gosh, I think uh, maybe like six months, and she's uh, acclimatized the animals, and that's that's why she chose Laurie Park Zoo. Why do, what does climatize mean? Climatization means sort of getting them used to, like we've got an air conditioner in the studio. Your car has an air conditioner at home. When you step outside, it's hot. So you climatize to the hot or the cold. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there an animal you can tell us about that has a really interesting story? Yes, I do. It's a story about another African grey. It is a story about Sir Grey. Now, Sir Grey came to us at Laurie Poxy. He was donated to the zoo and uh, he arrived in a box and I took him and I opened the box and there he looked at me with his beady eye going, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. And I'm like, okay, I'll close the box again. So I put him down, I opened up the box and he slowly climbed out. He couldn't breathe. His nose was so blocked. It was so sore. So the first thing we had to do was get the vet and to come and have a look. See, he cleaned out his nose mm. and he was like, oh, thank you so much. I think he had a headache because of that nose. And then for the next couple of days, he got, we got to know each other. I put him in a box with newspaper and he would be such, he would like instantly destroy the newspaper. I'd give him bark and wood and he would destroy that too. And I think we just became such Buddies, I love Sir Grey. Sir Grey's a darling. Why did he come to your zoo? 
um, he became very aggressive and very cross because I think he was in pain and his owners didn't know what to do with him. And this is a message I'd like to send out to everybody is think twice before you own a pet. The best thing you can do for a, a parrot is not to own one because they are very sensitive and they are very, very social, which is a big, big deal to parrots. So Sir Gray was dropped off at Lori Park Zoo and uh yeah he's he's got a story to tell so um well so why didn't the owners like take him to the vet or something i think most people don't understand or realize when an animal's in pain because they they're not uh, a bird is not a mammal and they can't tell or predict what's going on so an animal can't talk to you um either they'll either just sort of become depressed or they'll become aggressive or cross and then people don't know what to do with this very scary bird with a very sharp beak that can tear and open flesh. I think parrots are more dangerous than lions. Whoa, I don't, oh wow, that, <laughs> I didn't know that. What advice would you give to people that are interested in working with animals but don't know where to start? Well, I suppose it depends on your age. If you're a, a kid, come and join us as a ranger at the zoo. Go, go find your local zoo or local sanctuary. You certainly, I'm sure there's holiday programs that they could tap into. Um, read. I think we don't read enough. Uh, listen to podcasts such as this. Um, uh, find out more about the species you're interested in. Other than that, maybe think about studying biology, conservation. Mm. <laughs> okay. Can people volunteer at the zoo? Yes, they can. We do res- we accept volunteers, uh, preferably elder uh, sort of kids or certainly adults. Um, and they can certainly come and help and have fun. So people out there, come and join us and come and help us with, gosh, absolutely everything. Making toys for animals. Please, I need help with that. It's called environmental enrichment. I promise you it's a giggle. <laughs> we make paper mache prey items for the tigers and the lions to destroy. We give uh, the, oh, the leopard loves Old Spice. And uh, believe it or not, they really do enjoy Bry Spice. You put bright spice down and they roll in it. It's so cool. Um, we also make toys for the parrots. We make toys for the primates. So if you want to get involved, come and help make toys for the creatures. I think I might be considering it when I'm older. Maybe. There we go. Otherwise, you're at the right age for the rangers, darling. Come and join me at the zoo and help me for a day. Maybe. I challenge you. If someone finds an injured, injured animal... What, um, in the wild or anywhere else, what would you do with it? Well, I, I, I suppose it depends on the species. Many people think baby doves or small animals that look like they're young have been kicked out of the nest by their parents or they've fallen out by accident. Many times people mistake that and they bring the birds to us. Um, we just say take it back because mommy's still looking after them. So first off, Think about what is wrong with the bird. If it is actually injured or hurt, take it to your local vet. If you don't have a local vet that knows what to do, then find your local rehab center. Or if, if need, take it to your local zoo. And what happens if it's not a bird? If it's not a bird, tortoises are often mistaken as lost. Just pop them back in the bush. Um, gosh, fish are also animals, so we also need to consider their welfare too. Um, insects are animals too, so we need to consider their welfare as well. Many people think birds and mammals and the whole ach shame thing. We need to also consider insects and fish too. So you have fish in We do. We've got Japanese fish. Wow. And they're called koi. 
Oh, wow. We've got these beautiful big koi. They're gorgeous. Wow. How do you rehabilitate animals? Well, we've got, uh, we've, oh, actually, there's, I've got a nice story. Oh gosh, I think it was like maybe a month ago now. We released two barn owls over an wow. estate called the uh, Waterfall Estates. And we did it through Redham School, which was really quite fun. Wow, that does sound very fun. Do you ever try, um, release them, like, back into the wild or like, but then they get hurt again and then you have to take them back and then forth and back and forth? Yeah, we sometimes have that. Again, uh, the fitness level of animals is critical for their survival. Um, if they've been reared and they haven't been introduced to potential dangers, they don't know what to expect in the wild. So they get, get released and then suddenly there's, say for example, I'm just using a silly example, um, uh, a lion approaches and they're like, ah! They don't know how to react. Um, but like, let's say, uh, oh gosh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, let's say they're all ready to go back into the wild and they're strong and, but the only thing, like, do you have like a so-called gym, like for the animals. Yes, yeah, it's called environmental enrichment. And we provide stimulation for the animals through their senses, cognitive, which means thinking. So we provide various things to teach the animals how to cope in the wild. So would you do that in their cage or how would you take it? In the exhibit, depending on the species, uh, the ground hornbills, for example, will then be transported to a, a, a like Mubula or Loscorp Dam, where they get put into a larger exhibit, which then encourages them to fly, encourages them to forage, encourages them to see the environment around them. And so they acclimatize, and they feel less threatened about the space. Do um, some of the staff have special relationships with certain animals? Hell yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got a lady by the name of Cheryl. She works with the cockatoos, and uh, those cockatoos love her, absolutely love her, and she loves them. Um, there's uh, Amos, who works with the big cats. They know exactly what he's thinking, and he knows exactly what they're thinking. Wow. We've got uh, Nina with her, red, uh, her black and white rough lemurs. We have uh, Norm, who works with the reptiles. You should see her with Rocky the Rock Monitor. Um, yes, everybody has a relationship. Do you have a special relationship? I have many. It's difficult to say, but I do love the cockatoos. I do love the cockatoos. They've got such personalities. So let's say, like, one of those people, um, like, if they're not there that day and somebody else comes to feed them, what would, what, like, would the animals have a reaction or something? I like your questions. You're really, really awesome with your questions. Thanks. Because many people don't think about that. So yes, we've got what we call, we've got two teams. We've got the, the guys that are the principal responsibility for the animals. And then we have what is known as the relief team. So the team that works with the cats, when they have to go for a break or a holiday or a weekend, the relief team step in and take over the, the, the charge of the animals. So they know those guys as well. So when they're on duty, the, they, the cats know them, the animals know them. Wow. Do you allow people to touch certain animals? We do have contact areas on weekends. Uh, we People can go in with the flying owls, which is actually quite fun. So oh, wow. 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock, people go in and they open up their arms wide and these birds land on their arms. It is such fun. Sometimes they land on your head too, which is quite a giggle. We've also um, got reptiles as well, so you can actually come and meet Rocky, the rock monitor, 
Uh, we've also got the cockatoos are out. We've got Tarka, the cheetah you can visit. And then we've got a whole family of rabbits, which I also adore. I've actually currently got a baby rabbit. I'm, we're busy hand-rearing. And uh, you can also go and engage with them too. So we've got quite a few creatures we can all love. Have the animals, like, ever hurt anybody when, like, any of the people that have come to do those things? No, we don't allow that. We've always got somebody, a professional, with the visitor or the public member, and we also monitor the animal's behavior. So based on the time of day, the mood of the animal, uh, we also then accommodate that element. So, no, we don't allow animals to hurt people. Would you let people also, like, feed certain animals? Well, uh, the big cat feed at 3 o'clock, people can certainly help us with feeding the big cats there. Or they can assist with, uh, if under supervision, to maybe provide the cockatoos with some food. Please don't feed the cockatoos. Don't ever feed any animals in a sanctuary or a facility. But under supervision, yes, come and have fun. I have peanut butter, uh, uh, sandwiches for the birds, we give them nuts, we give them all sorts of fun things, because that's also part of enrichment, giving them different things to do. Wow, that also sounds like a really lot of fun. What outreach programs do you run? Oh, I'm actually very excited about this question, because uh, Laurie Parks, who strongly believes in community education, so we have adopted a school by the name of Nokopile, we adopted them in, in 2011, and we were working with them. Oh, so that's an outreach program. We've adopted, or Redham actually adopted us, which is actually quite fun. And then <laughs> recently, like as in this year, uh, we've adopted Eniswani Secondary School in Ivory Park. And we're working with them. They're high school students, and we've done a lot of cool conservation projects with them. So very excited about our outreach. Wow. So sadly, the questions are about to come to an end so um, how can people contact you to find out more information about Lori Parksy alright so everybody drum roll uh, it's info so Info, I-N-F-O, at lauriepark.co.za. So, and I-N-F-O, info at L-O-R-Y-P-A-R-K dot C-O dot Z-A. And the telephone number, if you're interested, is 011-315-7307. Otherwise, you're welcome to go find us on our website. Great. So, and for your website, do you have to just search up Laurie Park? Yeah, exactly. Our Laurie Park Zoom and you'll get it. So thank you so much for coming on Khaki today and teaching us more about Laurie Park Zoom. It sounds very exciting and a lot that we could take in for ourselves. This has been Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Oena and I'm 11 years old. Thank you to my guest Robin for coming on Kids today. And thank you to my producer Mandy and DJ Flo for pushing the big red buttons. Join us on Monday for another Kids show only on 101.9 High FM. Shabbat Shalom and goodbye kids.